When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we We have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions, so make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, so let's jump into the show. Bye. Hey, Alex. Hey, girl. Well, I think the only way to start this podcast is with the obvious. The world today looks very different than it did three weeks ago, and we're now living through the COVID-19 crisis. As you probably know from the title of our show, we're Brooklyn-based, meaning we've been at the epicenter of the U.S. chapter of the pandemic thus far. And I'm not going to lie, things have been really scary. Alex and I are self-employed, and we work in the service industry. So like many of you, we're suddenly unable to work, and we are quarantined in our homes, not knowing what tomorrow will bring. I'll admit it, it took us a moment, probably the world, for us to catch our breath and wait for the ground to settle before coming back to record. Yeah, we have no idea what the world is going to look like on the other side of this, but what we do know is that our mission is to serve our clients to the best of our abilities, so we're going to try to do just that. You can probably hear that things sound different. We're recording over the phone from our respective homes and trying to FaceTime, so we'll see how that goes. And so we are going to finish what we started, beginning with our incredible next guest, Andre Springer, founder of Shaquanda's Hot Pepper Sauce. I'm actually so excited to come back from our hiatus to this episode. Last night as I was listening to our interview, I realized that there are things that he said that were so striking and a little haunting, considering the timing of everything. You guys will see what I mean in that Andre really first started working on Shaquanda during the first financial crisis of our millennial lives back in 2008. As I re-listened to this episode, I remembered what it was like during the first times of uncertainty in my adult life and how it forced creativity into our generation. On a personal note, it's what led me to get my aesthetics license instead of going to law school to get a law degree. Um, well, I actually didn't really get into law school, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Andre is the incredible artist behind what we consider the personification of your favorite auntie, Shaquanda, and the co-founder of the consumer goods company, Shaquanda's Hot Pepper Sauce. The loving, endearing, funny, and beautiful drag character Shaquanda was first created by Andre back in the early 2000s, and as you'll hear... She was resurrected after the 2008 financial crisis when he returned to New York from California and began working in restaurants and nightlife. 
At the time, there weren't very many jobs available, especially within the creative and luxury industries that he had always worked in. When he met his first drag mentor, Linda Simpson, host of Gay Jeopardy, a spark was ignited. Andre was inspired to focus, fusing his creativity, his incredibly funny and loving personality, the pride of his heritage with the love of his city, and hone his artistic and design skills. The result is not only a character for the stage, but a consumer goods product to line the shelves of our grocery stores. The logo includes the image of a beautiful, gender-fluid brown drag queen sporting the friendliest, wide-mouthed smile that you can't help but smile back at. Andre is brilliant enough to speak on the importance of equity and equality, the importance of kindness, empathy, and of course, representation. So you might be thinking, why does representation matter? Alex, quick, off the top of your head, name an American food brand character. Um, the little rabbit. Does he have a name? Okay, the tricks rabbit. So it's probably not good uh, when you can name seven make-believe characters in Talking Animals before you can name a person of color on a food box. So, without further ado, here's my interview with Andre Springer, a.k.a. Shaquanda, of Shaquanda's Hot Pepper Sauce. Enjoy! Enjoy! So, are we testing, testing, one, two, three? Testing, testing. Hey, hey. Uh, okay, so let's start by, if you can just introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Um, so what's your name? Who are you? Uh-huh. And just, that's it. You can I, decide. Hey, this is Andre Springer, and I am the creator and founder of Shaquanda's Hot Pepper Sauce. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so um, let's start sort of like at the beginning or as close to the beginning as we can. Like, where did you grow up and mm-hmm. what did you think that you were going to do for a uh-huh. living? I grew up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. so big shout out, big, big ups to Decatur Street, mm-hmm. representing, <laughs> um, and uh, I always had like a changing opinion uh, or an idea of like what I thought I was going to be, like I wanted to be a firefighter at one point because I think there was like a romantic feeling to it, like it's like I'm going to rescue and, yeah. you know, like yeah. save people and like, you know, I always wanted to do something for people, right? whether, especially something good or something like, um, something related to positivity and change, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as I got older, I got really into Captain Planet, mm-hmm. it was my favorite uh, TV show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I got really into sustainability. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I used to, I would write papers about being more efficient with, like, electricity in your home. And I got Mm -hmm. really fascinated with how um, recycling and energy conversion and all these different types of ways to be more efficient. So I thought I was going to go to school to be an engineer. And then once math hit, it was like another story. Right. Right? I, I can't even. I'm like five plus five, eleven. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no, I can, I can do this. Hold on. <laughs> I understand that. So I was just yeah. like, 
well, I guess that's not going to work. Right. And then when I went to high school, like, I really got into, um, I got into science. I did. Like, I loved all the different types. I loved studying things. I loved physics. I loved earth science. I didn't like chemistry so much. Mm. So I thought about doing, like, science, like, being a researcher because I knew that math wasn't, like, going to be something. I mean, I still had to take... You know, I took calculus in high school. Mm. I didn't do that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I knew that it was something that um, was going to just only be a few instead of like a whole scenario. Right, right, right. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to be a scientist. Yeah. And then I graduated from high school. And when I left, I, I applied to different schools based on different majors. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, I just kind of just like, looked at different programs and what they offered and yeah. what seemed that they were most comprehensive or, you know, whatever the school offered the best right. in. So what, like, what kind of different, I mean, obviously, Andre and I went to Parsons together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what so you knew her. Yeah. programs did you look at, though? Because it's really interesting. Most people do the opposite, right? They think yeah. what they want to do and then they look for the school that caters to that, but you were just like, let's just throw a wide net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. So I like looked at uh, a pre-law program in in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, anthropology program in Maine, and uh, English program in Atlanta, uh, and then like history like throughout a couple places, and then bio, I kind of just flung around there. Mm-hmm. Different schools. I applied about like, 15 schools, I think. Wow. Uh, I didn't get into all of them, but I got yeah. into most, which was, you know. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, aside from math, you must have done really well across the board in all I your did, other yes. subjects to be able to yes. just, like, you want me or no? <laughs> yeah, I got much. options. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, and so then, what made you decide to go to Parsons? Well, I was going to school in Staten Island. Like, okay. I was originally going to go to school in Pennsylvania, and I realized that um, my mom and my mom's friend and I, dro- we drove out there from Brooklyn, uh-huh. and when we got there, like, there were, like, no black people, <laughs> right. and, well, yeah, it was uh, Crescent, Pennsylvania, so it's, like, on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania, oh, so it's, like, past okay. Pittsburgh, Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. were nice and stuff, it just started to get really weird when, um, like, these, like, three old white men came up to me and asked me um, some questions, and they were, like, we're really excited to have you here on the basketball team. <gasps> <laughs> and my mom's face started cracking up. <laughs> and then I looked at it, I was like, excuse me, but you really don't want me on your team. Maybe if you want a cheerleader. <laughs> and they were so flabbergasted. It was too funny. <laughs> and my mom the entire time, she's like, ooh, they're going to hang you here. Yeah. Like, just being so cruel. Like, right, I was just right, like, right. no, no. She's not wrong. Oh, no. It's right up there. Yeah. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I think you know that. Wait, wait, wait. I grew up in the Catskills. But uh, like right that's... on the border of Pennsylvania also. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know out uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Yep. I know what kind of signs they got up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god. I can't even talk about that. It's yeah. weird. It's really weird. And then, yeah, it's... But you're absolutely right. People are nice. Like, they smile to your face and they're nice enough. But it's like, don't bring your friends around. You're fine. Mm-hmm. But don't bring your friends. Yep, that's, I'm just like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, too much. Okay, so Pennsylvania so I, I out. pieced out, and then I went yeah. to school in Staten Island, and okay. I was studying history. Okay. And then I started working for an or, uh, a nonprofit organization for nurses and just helping them get their credits that they needed to, like, upgrade their, like, pay and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's called 1199, which is the largest union in the country. Oh, cool. And so I was working there, and um, I was always doodling in my book, and just drawing and stuff, mm-hmm. and... My coworker across from me, she's just like, hey, 
She's like, I always see you like drawing and you just have this creative energy. And she's like, are you sure this is the right environment for you? <laughs> and I was just like kind of so taken aback. Like, oh, um, do I look like I'm not like want to be here or something? Right, right, right. I, I don't think I was giving off that vibe. I just think I wasn't giving off the vibe that was typical of that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Let me take a drawing class. Right. <laughs> so I started taking drawing classes. And then oh, wow. the teacher who was there who was teaching class also was a professor at Parsons. Oh, wow. And so she's like, oh, I think you should apply to Parsons. And yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and so. They already applied 15 others. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> and so yeah. I put together, I took a portfolio like development class. Right. And I just put in my portfolio and then I applied it and got in. Yeah. And I went for a year and a half and then dropped out. Yeah. Wow. Well. But you know a lot of um, a lot of super creative people, obviously as you know, like Mark Jacobs, like that went to Parsons and ended up dropping out because they're just like, This is cute but like mm-hmm. I still I keep wanting I went back like two years ago yeah as like a um a sophomore uh-huh. even though I have like I have like 200 credits mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I went back as a sophomore and like everyone was 18 in my class yeah. and, I, and I didn't tell them how old I was <laughs> Because, you know, like, they yeah. thought I was younger than my age, but knew I was older, an mm-hmm. older student. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when my age got out, it's just so interesting how, You're like, 18, Andre. yeah, and they were yeah. like, we didn't realize you were so old. And I was like, so old? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> You're like, this? This is young. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, you gonna be here soon enough than you no, think? <laughs> 18's young. You don't realize how young 18 is until you're... <laughs> It's a weird place because when you're 18, you think that you're old because you're older than the people that you just came from, but you're young to everybody else in the world. And everybody yeah. else in the world is old to you. Yep. It's a weird place. It really is. Yeah. So it didn't work out when you went back. Or what did you no. think when you went back? I, I loved it when I went back. They had so much better really? equipment and stuff. I know. I've seen those buildings. I was like, our tuition paid for that shit. Exactly. Did you see the building on uh, what you see the, the GF building? Yeah. Uh-huh. It look, it's nice it in there. It is so nice. They got an organic, like everything is organic in the cafeteria. They listened because all we did was complain about NYU. Like we pay the same tuition. Uh-huh. These guys got buses. We got a windowless two-floor building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Well, that's good, though. At least, yeah. you know. That's cool. And it's interesting that you went back because I always thought, I loved my time at Parsons, loved it. But mm-hmm. I was stupid in 18. And now, knowing what I know now, I would have such a different experience yes. that I would have just like, really taken everything. Because such to me, Parsons was so, so special because I'd never, as I said, I grew up in the Catskills. So I just didn't, wasn't really surrounded by too many super creative thinkers. And mm-hmm. it just taught me how to look at the world in a different way. In a way that I sort of, was starting to because that's what gets you in right but then for me it was just that explosion almost of like whoa but then it was also all new york city yeah so like when you moved from the you were coming down to the city though my parents are from the city so my parents are from the bronx okay yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't such a shock so i was like you got some city flavor right away Parsons, like, there's so many, like, true wealth there, mm-hmm. and so that was a big thing, was just learning really about, like, the, 
the money in fashion yeah. and the money that's behind design, right? Mm-hmm. And it just, I didn't know. I'd never met anybody like that before. I'd never mm-hmm. met anybody who even drove like a BMW before, you know, or like <laughs> anything that wasn't like a Honda. Yeah. So like, <laughs> there was just so much that, that was awesome and surprising and shocking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that like a lot of, um, there were like some students that were paying to have their work done. Really? Yeah. Like, they would just, like... Well, not, like, the whole thing, but it was, like, rather, you know, you'd sew a piece of something together, and, like, they were having it sewn somewhere else, and then applying things to it. So um, it wasn't, like, um... um and I was like, oh, you're... And in Foundation. Were you in... Summit Foundation? Foundation, yeah. Oh, you were in Design and Management? No, no, no. I did, um, IDC, Integrated Design Curriculum. Oh, okay, okay. Which, like, um, sustainability. Yes. Full circle. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay, yeah. So, wait, I'm actually also really curious. Growing up in Brooklyn, what made you interested in sustainability? Just because it's not a very natural place overall. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of man-made things, you know, so sustainability, I think, more so, obviously, water. Yeah. Things of that nature. Uh So it's really cool that coming from a city, you were so interested in that. So what do you think sparks that interest? I think, um, there's a lot of different factors, like, just... Like, my neighbors, my mother, um, like, we recycled, and, like, my mother was very uh, adamant about it, like, to the point where it was, like, uh, <laughs> but then also she would get a ticket if, right. like, you know, so I think there's also the economic part of that part. Totally, right. And I had, like, I had one neighbor, I had, like, I grew up around a lot of Native American, indigenous people to, oh, wow. to like, Long Island, and, um, and... The South. Oh, wait, what's the tribe? The, uh... Shinnecock. Oh, okay, okay. So even my nephews have Shinnecock. Like, I have, like, in my family, in my godson, my mm. like, best friend I grew up with across the street. Oh, wow. And so, like, their relationship with land was just something that was, I, like, kind of gravitated towards. And mm-hmm. we had this one guy that would, who lived on, the, I forget his name, I was, like, eight years or nine years old. He would take a bunch of us. And then we would go to, like, the community center, and, like, he would teach us about crystals and rocks and about the earth and, like, how you treat things and the importance of what you return back. Right. And so that was, in part, part of it. Right. And just about, like, my mother, when she would always say that things didn't taste like they did. I've heard so many non-American-born people say Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, everything, like, to everything. Everything. Yeah. She was just like, chicken doesn't taste like chicken here. Mm-hmm. She's like, to, these vegetables don't taste like vegetables. They right. taste, she said she said she ta- they tasted watery. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, interesting. It made me research things. And then I had this, um, in high school, a lot of my teachers were, like, from different areas. Like, we had exchange teachers. We had teachers that were from different fields. Like, my robotics teacher he was um, in the military and he was also like, he had a doctorate and some crazy stuff. And he was like such a super conspiracy. <laughs> I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he gave a whole thing on like. This is high school. Yeah. Yeah. Grown men talking to high school kids about conspiracy. Oh, we, I love this. I fed it. I like ate all of it too. I was like, yes, Dr. Barrett, tell us more. Oh, he's a doctor. Yeah. I believe him too. You just yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Oh, yeah, each teacher that had a doctor, they made sure yes. that we called them doctor. Yes, I love that. You know, and I respected them, but at the same time, I was like, why do you think you're so much better than the other ones? Like, they got graduate degrees, why you gotta be? <laughs> but still, like, you know, I respected right. it. Right, right, right. And so yeah. he, when I was, uh, what, how old was I? 15 or 16? 16. 16. 
He talks about tomatoes uh-huh. and how tomatoes were being engineered with DNA from fish to like to be like the certain like favoring of cells and how like for vitamins flavor and etc. Mm-hmm. And this is twenty years ago, and right. now it's like it's all like now everyone like knows that this is like a problem right. yeah. only within the last like couple of years. So it's kind of fascinating. Like fish? I didn't know that. Yeah, like, so they have, like, fake fish. Right. Because, you know, there's, like, fake meat and right, right, right. fake fish. But is that, like, the farm? That's not, like, salmon farming, right? That's not what you're No, about. it's not, like, farming, but it's, like, producing, like, a thing that gives that same texture. Okay, okay, okay. As, like, yes. tuna and stuff. Yes. Like, you just, you can oh. do that with, with tomato, like, tomato uh, sushi. okay, interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's, yeah. I mean, that's cool. So that's, that's really cool. That's, in a way, is a sort of on the line of sustainability where you're looking to preserve the ecosystem by totally. like introducing something else into your diet that replaces that so it balances things out so it gives these fish like more time to to essentially live and procreate. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a balance. So it's all about balance. So really talking about balance is what got me into sustainability. In yeah. Brooklyn, even though like you know, there's a lot of growing up in the eighties it was pretty tough there. Like every it was pockets, like everywhere in the city was mm-hmm. horrible to be in unless you lived like in the Upper East Side or in certain parts of the Upper West Side but pretty much the city was the whole New York City was just something yeah. else you know right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all yeah. dependent on like your community and your close community mm-hmm. and like how and I was lucky enough to have like a really diverse community to live with and like that were you know educated some were educated like just a mixture of people totally. I think that helped shape who I am today yes oh my god I love hearing that because that's what I love about Brooklyn. Love, love, love. And, you know, every winter, I think most New Yorkers have, most non-native New Yorkers have a love-hate relationship with it. And you're just like, why do I deal with this? (laughs) What's with this cold? And, like, the money, like, a million dollars doesn't even get you a backyard. Right? Isn't that crazy? Right? But, like, why do we put up with it? Because of our communities. And because of your neighbors. And because of exactly what you're talking about. And so I just, I love to hear that reiterated in other, other ways. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. 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 So, um, I read that your grandmother is from Barbados. She's yes. Bayesian. Yes, she's Bayesian. And that sort of influenced also, I would imagine that that had some sort of influence on, um, the sustainability aspect in your family and like, and the food aspect that you were saying, like with your mom and everything. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of, um, talk to us a little bit about that? Like what your relationship was with that and that, I guess, uh-huh. sort of how that, began to spark the idea maybe for Shafanda's hot pepper sauce down the road. We always like cooked at home for the most part. Like we go out to eat every once in a while, but Mm -hmm. like my grandmother and my mom were very particular about food. Mm -hmm. They were just like, you know, I can do it better. Right. Kind of scenario. I think like most parents that cook mm-hmm. or that cook well think that they can cook better always, than everybody <laughs> always always my dad you can't see my dad be like, I can make this yeah. <laughs> you're like sure okay yeah. <laughs> I love it and my mom was an excellent cook my grandmother was an amazing cook and mm-hmm. so like we like I jumped into the kitchen with her my other like and out of all the grandkids like I was one of her favorites and so I gravitated towards the kitchen, and when she saw that, she enjoyed that, and she started giving me, like, a little responsibilities of helping her prepare things, and she would show me, um, like, things, like, and she really loved making sauces and salad dressings and, like, pickles, and so, like, everything was, like, 
essentially handmade in my grandmother's house. Like, mm-hmm. we had some store-bought things, and then when she got into that weird low-fat thing, that got really weird. <laughs> everything? Pretty much, yeah. That's Even, incredible. like, main, like a- everything. Like, yeah. we just made everything. Old school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ice cream. Really cool. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she was, and she lived in Far Rockaway in this, like, studio apartment. Uh-huh. But she'd be in the kitchen with this ice cream maker, yes. like, just making <laughs> God, no, like, you go to her house, there's no food, just ingredients. Yeah. That could be something. What do yeah, you want? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really yeah. sweet. So, and, you know, too, the sauces, it's, I, I'm not a cook by any means, but I enjoy cooking. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy any kind of creation, really. But sauces is, like, one is what makes a great dish, I think. Like, what elevates something. It's up, true, Right? Yes. From, like, just regular, and I don't do it very well. So, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool that that's what your grandmother kind of, like, did she specialize it in that, would you say? Uh, I would say not necessarily. She's, she kind of cooked, every, as a professional, she mostly cooked um, whatever her like client wanted, which was usually they were visiting from like Northern Europe or from like, there were Hollywood people. So like oh, really? they wanted, yeah, they wanted like, and at the time, I think in the 50s, Wait, Italian food. Her. You're not just like living on an island in Hollywood people, just you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she was just like a very like wonderful, beautiful lady that everyone went to for like good food. That's incredible. And Did she, she worked, have a, a, sto- a restaurant? She had like a catering scenario and mm-hmm. then she worked privately for I know she worked for the Warner Brothers. Wow. And then she worked for as a personal chef for I can't remember her name. She was like sorta of popular in the in the I wanna say in the forties. And I don't remember her name because my grandmother told me all this stuff. I have to ask my aunties. Yes, that but she was worked here for, in Brooklyn. No, I was in that was... that was in the Caribbean. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What were the Warner Brothers doing down there? They every like Barbados is like one of the hubs for like the ultra rich, and then for like for a lot of celebrities, mm-hmm. it's a really like unique place. Yeah. It's very weird. It's like it's beautiful, and it's also. It's like majority black. It's like ninety nine percent black, pretty mm-hmm. much. And um, the island itself is like there's no like this one chain, mm-hmm. and that's like the national chain, which is I think about five of them. It's called Chefettes. Mm-hmm. They make like rotis and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's one American mm-hmm. store, KFC. There's only one, because you know black people we love our chicken. KFCs everywhere. <laughs> KFC. And it's fucking I'm good. Ready. Because when they eat that, that chicken there is like free range. Yes. So it's from there. Oh, interesting. And it's like they do it and the it's way. it's franchised. So is it, is it locally owned? Yes. I, I believe so. And yeah. that's like lime dusted, like lime zest on yes. top of it. So it's like citrusy, delicious fried chicken. <laughs> so when I ate it, I was like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Great. All right, so grandma's the bomb. Yes. And it's like a serious cook, not yes. just like my grandma. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you're just like, oh, yeah. it's like no, your grandma, she's a real. Yes. She's, okay, yeah. so that's a lot of DNA to, <laughs> to influence. I mean, I can't, I don't think, I mean, there are certain things that I make that are like hers, but for the most part, like, that's like years of work and study that I did I don't have mm-hmm. so that that's very I think very special special things she had yeah I'm lucky to have like a few things that she kind of right you know imparted wisdom with me well you have the flavor profile if nothing else yeah right yeah. You've, you've tasted it before so you can reverse engineer yeah. right engineer <laughs> no math involved yeah. in that. <laughs> um okay great so 
after okay so after parsons left parsons and then what what was your next move uh and then after i left parsons i went to fit i studied jewelry design mm -hmm. i thought about having like a jewelry company uh -huh. so i knew i always wanted to be my own boss i just didn't know what exactly what thing yet mm -hmm. and then i left and went to california i apprenticed a goldsmith Ooh. And that was like pretty awesome. She yeah. makes amazing jewelry, Dawes Design. Okay. I love her stuff. Yeah. And then like I moved back here when the crash happened. And so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing something in luxury right now. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's hiring. No one's right. doing any, you know. It was, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. no, nobody hired. Mm -mm. Nobody at all. Yeah. Uh, so so then I worked, yeah, that. and then I started working at bars and I started... You know, doing drag again. Yeah. Because when I was in Parsons was the first time I did drag. Oh, okay. So let's let's yeah. loop that all in. So yes, <laughs> tell us about how you everything. So when uh, I was working at this bar part time while I was going to school, mm -hmm. and uh, this drag queen was there, and she would have this night called Gay Jeopardy, mm -hmm. and so she'd have contestants, and then she would host, and she wasn't like a lip syncing queen, which I really appreciated because. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I love a lip-syncing queen, but it was something different and refreshing. Right. And so she had comedy on her side. Mm -hmm. So she did her comedy routine, and and so she, like, I loved her intro. She's like, you hear the Jeopardy thing, dun-dun-dun-dun, and you hear Linda talking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the slide. You know, gay Jeopardy, and welcome your host, Linda Simpson. <laughs> Introduce herself. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> She was this Midwest, like, you know, yeah. sarcastic, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, queen. That. <laughs> I love that. I can just imagine, like, watching him being like, wait, who, this isn't, oh, no, it's her. <laughs> like, thank you, thank you. Just, like, you know, pull on this beauty queen charm. Yeah, I love it. And I got so, like, engulfed by the fun about it all. I was just enwrapped in it. I was like, oh, my God, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her, and she's like, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to dress up. Right. <laughs> and so that's how my that's how Shaquanda was born. Yes. And she's like, you got to pick a name. And so I was like, oh, it's Shaquanda. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, interesting. Why did you choose that name? I'm like, because that's where I'm from. <laughs> yes, 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 I love it. And then when I wrote down, because I had to write an introduction to myself, and I thought, I'm like, well, maybe I'll be from Harlem. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of funny because now I'm in Harlem and I wrote down my street mm -hmm. that was from 135th or 130th and I live on 130th now which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's, yes it's funny but also, I don't know, I'm a believer that like, not that things are necessarily predestined but that's a little bit predestined. Yeah. You know, there's things that are sort of just always happening and you have some control over like the day to day but I think that there's paths that like if you do... If you follow your heart, maybe, like, you'll mm -hmm. make it there, do you mm -hmm. know? I don't know. Or you plant those seeds, and then you'd still have them in there, and you listen to it. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's what it is, right? And mm -hmm. something in you was just like, yeah, maybe maybe one day. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. We'll that down. <laughs> That's great. So what's the um, process of, I guess, like creating a, your drag alter ego? Is that what you would call yeah. it? A character? Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, alter ego, character, alter ego. Yeah. Yeah, all of the above. Okay. Um, I think a lot of it is... Just it just grows so like the first time is gonna be different from, you know, the next, and then you sort of figure out what your shtick is or, and you know, 
help from friends. Like, I had, like, my girlfriends help me pick out outfits for myself, which yeah. is kind of cute and funny. Lise, yeah. Lise from Parsons was one of them. Nice. So, I, like, raided her, like, closet for all stretchy things. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, oh, this is stretchy enough. This will fit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then just kept, like, building from there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, can you describe... Describe Kwanzaa for us. Kwanzaa? Shaquanda. Shaquanda or Kwanzaa? We... Well, for the holidays, you could say Shaquanzaa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Shaquanda, Shaquanda is, um, how do I put it? I don't know. It's hard to say. I guess like a friendly, loving, like I am, but uh, a little bit more offbeat. Yeah. Kind of, um, my reactions are usually... From how the whoever is around, mm-hmm. so I interact. So I like to interact with people, mm-hmm. and so if someone is being awkward, I like to go towards that awkward person and kind of win them over. Mm-hmm. So it's about kind of making fun of the scenario, but also right. I guess slapstick would be mm-hmm. a good kind of thing, but also nurturing and caring. Totally, yeah. yeah. That's what I gather. <laughs> well, from what you were saying, it seems like. Not necessarily picking on the awkward person, but making them, trying to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, p- pointing them out so that you can bring them into the community and then yes. they can be involved instead of yes. feeling awkward. Yes. Which I love. That's great. And it says a lot about, um, from what I read, one of your goals with Shaquanda's Hot Sauce was to um, show, bring awareness to mm-hmm. the LGBTQ plus community just and... But more than awareness, I think, is inclusivity, right? yeah. would you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And equity. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk a lot about equality, but equity is, yes. like, an important thing yes. to get equality. Totally. I would love to talk about money with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't talk about enough. Yeah. And it's scary. And it it's is. awkward. But it's important because, I don't know, from people... I can't speak for you. I can speak for myself. Nobody talked to me about money in my mm-hmm. house. I just saw what my parents did and what they did was react, you know? Yeah. And it was constantly struggling and all of these things. And it took me becoming 30 and owning my own business and being like, okay, I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life, but where is it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and just having to take a couple steps back and really learn about yeah. money and finances money and, and how it works and money management yeah. and all of that. So it's something that I'd really like to explore, I suppose, yeah. right? So, um, okay, but... I'd like to talk to about that in terms of like building your business. Uh-huh. Like, so let's rewind a little bit further back. So, Shaquanda was developed. She was born. Yes. And um, from there, Bushwick. Can you describe Bushwick? To Bushwick me? is a festival that happens every year. Okay. It uh, was started by Simon and um, Horchata. Okay. And Horchata is from New York, and Simon actually met me in England before he moved here. Okay. When he had another kind of thing there. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved, when he moved here, he's like, oh, I want you to be involved with this festival that I'm doing. And, you know, I was like, oh, great, yes, like, let me know. And, and I was talking to Dominic, my business partner. Mm-hmm. We've always made t-shirts and stuff together, and so we we're thinking about kind of the next iteration of our collaboration. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was something, because I was always the subject of the collaboration, and then we'd work on the image together. Mm-hmm. And he would kind of, he would graphically, like, lay it out and make, you know, a lot of the the layout and the positioning and the, the artistic, like, aesthetic of it. Like, it was a lot of him. Mm-hmm. And so our next collaboration, I wanted to do something that was authentically speaking of myself. And, like, he always, like, we both love food a lot. And so food was like a, com- like, we're like, oh, it would be cute to like make a 
kitschy like jerk rub or something mm-hmm. and like oh like rub it on your meat yeah, like yeah, do yeah. all this kind of funny innuendos <laughs> that you know gift them to friends and stuff totally <laughs> and so that was like a little bit like thinking of like how it would travel and stuff I was like mm. and then he really loves hot sauce and like went to Barbados like I would bring hot sauce over and for me it was just something I just knew like you know you just always have it in the house right and right, so I was right. like oh yeah and I would bring it over I was like oh you gotta try this one you gotta try this one right try these different brands from Barbados totally and he got so obsessed with it and he was like do you know how to make this I was like well I mean I could like I knew like we would make like pickled peppers with like different vegetables and stuff and like use that or like blend it and make a chutney with like fruit mm. and like we would always buy our trusted brands and then just use that because it was always easier mm-hmm. and then um my neighbors would make like fermented and they were trinidadian and they would do fermented like hot sauces and stuff mm. so i was like yeah i could do that let's, mm-hmm. let's see let me like work around it and then so Work, figuring out like a like the like reverse engineering different kinds of sauces and then yeah. figuring out like what I loved and what flavors I loved and thinking about the things that my grandmother loved and putting that all together and originally there was a third person in, involved because <laughs> I was like he was my ex boyfriend and he was a chef and we were like all trying to figure out how to make this make it work mm-hmm. as like part of this performance thing like mm. and so like he like dr- like I had to. I miss him. I love him too. He's an amazing, talented person, but it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And so I continued and started making these different blends. And then finally I came up with a blend that was like, oh, this is going to be the Bushwig blend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this would be perfect for Bushwig. And so I went as it was an art project. Like I wasn't selling this. And so mm-hmm. I rolled around with a shopping cart and people were like, okay, when, when are you going out, Shaglanda? I'm like, oh. Open your hand. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And I would put a cracker on their hand and put a dab of hot sauce. And I'm like, eat it. And then they're like, hmm. I'm like, ooh, hot. And I'm like, oh, yes. That was my performance. <laughs> and then I would roll around, just take my cart, and then just like continue mm-hmm. walking around, just giving samplings of hot sauce. Yeah. And people started trying to buy it from me. And I was like, this is art. This is not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with one bottle. No, I went with, like, because it was part of my, like, look or my... I had, like, a shopping cart filled with, like, bags of, like, what looked like enema bottles, like, with sauce in it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so they were, like, stamped with, like, you know, with my, like, face on it. Yeah. And, like, I had them in the shopping cart. And so I I probably had about 30 of them Mm -hmm. and little, you know, little things. And I was like, well, I was like, I guess I should sell it. So I sold them for like three dollars. <laughs> like before the end of the night, right? Like after the or later. like like kind of like a little bit later when people kept asking me for right. it, and I was That's just like, and I was just like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did three. I think it was three ninety nine. I wrote mm-hmm. it on a paper plate. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. hot sauce, hot sauce. Yes. Yeah, and then I got rolled around Bushwick with some friends, and they were screaming in the street, in the street, yeah. hot sauce, hot sauce, and. Like, giving it samples out to people randomly, which I would never eat something random on the street. <laughs> and <Yeah>. then... <laughs> what time was it? Maybe if I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it was getting later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to Roberta's, and then, like, we had pizza, and I was putting on the pizza, and the mm-hmm. servers were, like, I gave one to them, and they all came back, and they were, like, can we buy a couple? And so then, like, I, I sold a couple to them, and then this couple was really nice, and they got some sauce, and they contacted me, like, years later 
And they were like, we opened a restaurant. We would love to have your sauce here. <laughs> nice. It's kind of funny, right? So this literally all happened the same night. Yeah, that you all... left Bushwick and just started yeah. walking around and giving out hot sauce. Uh-huh. And, then, and so then what happened the next morning? Um, I was severely hungover. <laughs> <laughs> I had makeup all over my uh, my, my pillowcases. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, that was a fun night. And mm-hmm. then that was it. Okay. And so then I had, I started going back to Parsons. Okay. And then I like dropped out and I was like, oh, maybe I should pursue this full time. <laughs> what made you leave the second time? You just. It was just too expensive. Like I just was like, am so I like, am I, am I dumping money into, is this an investment for my future or is this like, or is this going to put me in more debt and then take away all my savings? Like what, like what am I trying to get from here? And mm-hmm. it's like is it necessary right now in my age I have this good thing going on like maybe I sh- it was a deciding point of like what I should pursue totally and so it just made sense to pursue the hot sauce yeah and so Dominic and I were like okay let's just do this yeah and so we like I had to go through all the legal stuff of like putting a business together and then like all the legal stuff for having a food company which is another thing mm-hmm. and then like all the te- all that stuff along with it, insurance, yeah. finding a place, yeah, like asking questions, doing a lot of research. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is how did you, like, how did you even know? Like, what was your goal first of all? Like, what when you first decided, like, okay, I'm not gonna do Parsons, I'm gonna pursue this. What was your first immediate goal? Like, when you saw the vision of the company, yes, was to like have a completely, like, sellable product. Okay. I, I gave myself very small goals. That's like, perfect. Yeah. I, no, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's manageable, right? Yeah. Like, like I had an overall, I was like, where do I see myself? Yeah. And then in the near future, what can I, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, what's feasible? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your first goal was just like, let's make this product. We got yeah. this product, let's just make it. Yeah. And then um, what did you do? Like, how did you go about... So it learning would, everything, I guess. Uh, trial and error. Mm-hmm. Like when you cook something in a small pot versus a big pot is a very different thing. Mm-hmm. So I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of different formula changing and like um, trying to stay natural as possible. Like, mm-hmm. or not even as possible. It is 100% natural. So without compromising integrity and staying within that flavor profile mm-hmm. and then looking at what's available. Because that's another thing I think people don't think about or know about in the food industry is that some things are available all year round and then some things are not. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, deciding what was the most sustainable approach to it, like not using a plastic bottle, using Mm -hmm. a glass bottle. Like, you know, we had paper packaging in the beginning, which we're switching back to. Um, Just thinking about things like how our impact would affect the environment and what like kind of companies we would want to support if we're going to like purchase from them. Mm-hmm. So I was just like thinking ethically before getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be very careful about like how I approached my buyers, how I approached where I was going to, who I was going to work with. And so that, that was the, you know, very <laughs> slow and tedious process. And mm-hmm. not everyone wants to talk to you about their business unless you hire them and you know, we didn't have that money to hire a consultant. So mm-hmm. I did what I did, what I do best. It's like when I'm interested in something, I do all the research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went deep into the rabbit hole. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, especially today, there's so much, 
you know, a friend of mine teaches um, elementary school, and I said, you know, the next generation is so lucky because they have so much information in mm -hmm. front of them. Like, anything you want to know in the world, you can just look up. And she looked at me and was like, they don't use the internet for that. <laughs> She's like, no, girls, they play games. <laughs> but, um, I was like, what? Yeah, no, it's like, but it's important, so I say it because it's like, I don't know, maybe people don't think the way that we do, but there's so much free information there really out there. Is. You just have to dig, you just yes. have to look, just, you know, Google, YouTube, whatever. What do mm -hmm. you need to know? Mm -hmm. The information's out there. And you're talking about five, six years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's even more information <laughs> now, and just even more resources oh, yeah. now. So um, after you, so you created the first, like, prototype we'll say right mm -hmm. and then what did you think and two is were you financing all of this like yourself were you did you start looking for money like how did you well um, like my partner and I we financed it and then we like we had a very low budget mm -hmm. and so it was about being efficient with our money as possible mm -hmm. so like trying like I you know had to be you know very money conscious which I always kind of have been mm -hmm. about like kind of budgeting myself and so I had to think what was the necessary things to spend money on and what were, and it's it's very expensive to start. You know, you don't realize like how much things like you have to pay for, mm -hmm. and you're just like, how do how did I just spend all of that and I didn't make any money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Oh. <laughs> so much like because the government, everybody wants everybody wants to see something. Yeah, you and then all permits, people. like licensing, lawyers, mm -hmm. like fees like right. city fees like it's a lot and then like the fees for the kitchen like I had a minimum that I had to use even though I wasn't using it that often mm. so yeah. how did you find the kitchen and how did you find like um I, I guess they had to even know too is um were you you just talk to people right and you're like all right yeah. I've got this idea this is what I want to yeah. do and somebody was like oh, I forgot how did I find out about how did I find out about that kitchen I don't remember I think I was doing, I had to be doing research and then found it. And then luckily I had friends that started a tomato sauce company mm -hmm. and before I knew him before he was doing food. And then we just so happened to be in it's consumer packaging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like I, he mentored me for a bit and then I like, um, I rented out space from him in his kitchen to make my product. Mm -hmm. And so that was like the first run and I was so messy. Oh my god. Yeah. He probably was like, <laughs> like, oh my god. I was just like a hot mess. Cause yeah. like, you know, I wasn't efficient. Right. You know, and then yeah. like, you know, things would be splattering on the floor. Mm -hmm. I was like, I gotta mop that up. Yeah. You know, turmeric stains, you know. Yeah. So now, like, when I do it, I, I would hire, like, at the time, I would hire, like, four people mm -hmm. to help me make, like, a batch of, like, 500 bottles. And, I, you know, I wouldn't make any money. Right, 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 right. And yeah. then now I can, like, do that myself. You That's know? awesome, right. Like, efficiently and quick and clean and, like, very easy. Mm -hmm. Before I was just like, oh, look at all this, <laughs> all this stuff all over me. <laughs> yeah, it's hot burning acid, huh? Right, yes. <laughs> and everything's spicy. You're like, my yeah. eye, oh. <laughs> um, But it takes a while to get together systems and operations and to, like, cut the cost down yeah. and all that stuff. And then managing credit cards. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, being mm -hmm. careful with those things. Yeah. Those things are scary. <laughs> so what are, um, what are some of your, um, not even failures, not necessarily failures, but what were some of your obstacles? Um, hmm. I don't know if I, like, I'm, don't want to sound like overconfident, but like I didn't feel like 
everything was going in the way I expected it to. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have like obstacles in the sense that trying to get into a place or, or maybe I didn't feel like it was an obstacle for me because mm-hmm. I always have the way my brain works as I think and like, like how a sprinkler thinks or moves. Yes. <laughs> like, no, but so. it, it shows in your story, right? Like applying to 15 colleges. <laughs> but also getting into yeah. most of them, yeah. right? It's not it's just like, like, oh, whatever. It's like being actually good at multiple things and leveraging all of those talents to create whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're going to create, which is a skill also because yeah. you can be good at a lot of things and just be running around like a chicken with his head cut off, yeah, right? That is not true, actually, yeah. Not ever find your thing. So that's incredible. Um, excuse me, once you, so once you had your mentorship and you had like the place to produce the products, how did you know who to sell it to? Well, I've worked in restaurants for about 15 years and Mm -hmm. so I knew, I knew people who worked in the food industry and where I can like sort of start from and then I like love going out to eat, whether it's at cafes or restaurants and like. I love shopping and supporting smaller local stores. And so I already had a base of like where I wanted, where I knew I wanted to be. Mm. And so I approached all those places, especially places that I went to often. And, you know, luckily that, you know, I have like a, a charming personality. Right. Well, that's <laughs> so, the other thing. Yeah. Did you have relationships with them first beforehand? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And then like once, you know, a couple, then it started, people started knowing about it and they would ask to carry it. And then word of mouth and so more places. There were, I was really hurt. So one, okay, it's not an obstacle, but I will say I was hurt that the stores that I went to in Bed-Stuy, which is where I'm from, mm-hmm. like, I've, like, dropped off samples, like, you know, my story, and I, I didn't hear anything back. Mm. And, you know, at the time, this was, like, before all how it is now. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, kind of, like, specialty shops and stuff. And... That kind of, like, hurt me a bit. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like, I fled back over here because I lived in Williamsburg at the time. Right. And so I I had more of a relationship with the smaller stores over here. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of focused on where, around where I lived and where I worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of easy to develop relationships with the owners and kind of just, I think it's, like, when you lead in with kindness mm-hmm. and not with, like, you know, not not being too aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think people are more unwilling and like, you know, it really helps 100%. if you know, like yeah. having a dialogue and. A hundred percent, and you nailed it right in the head. Just kindness, just kindness, mm-hmm. just be kind. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be nasty to somebody that's kind. Yeah. Right. And if you are, you kind of feel like a dick after. Yeah. Like, oh, that was me. I was the asshole in yeah. that situation. So totally, especially in business, just like yeah. kindness. The amount of people that will never get my business again because they were nasty to me for no reason. Do you know? Like just bye. Bye. Yeah. This is New York. There's enough places else to go. Whereas like, yeah. And I don't know. My angel was that which said you always remember how people made you feel. Oh no, but that's beautiful. Right. Uh-huh. And so yeah. People remember that. Yeah. Um, I want to make be. I wanted people to remember, like, yeah. how like happy or goofy I made them feel. You know. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Is that one of your goals with um, with Shaquanda? Do you think that it, the brand will develop more of like a um, 
something like behind her. Do you know what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah. Maybe like a little show or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Put it out there in the universe. Well, Well, I was watching your videos. This is incredible. (laughs) She's just so lovable and so friendly and just like, (laughs) I mean, not even like your auntie because she's my age. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like auntie in the sense like somebody you just want to like be with and love on and and cares about you, right? Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, I saw. And like just pictures and literally two videos. It's like, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. And and people want to support that, especially today. You just want to connect, right? Yes, yes. So what are some of your goals for the future, do you think? My goals would be um, to have... I'm working on more products, mm-hmm. and so I'm, like, planning to, like, like kind of extend outside of my category and, like, do other kind of, like, um, condiments and things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not hot sauce, so that's on the horizon. I've been thinking about that for a while, and then also, like, I'm working on a couple, of like, um, like, spirits and then bitters and stuff. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I like this. This is a very niche place in the food and consumer products industry that you're in. Yeah. And like you're just sticking with what you kind of know, which is like various condiments. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, there's a specialty. There's definitely something there, which obviously you know. Mm-hmm. But as an outsider, yeah. I can see that there's definitely something there. Um, that's so cool. Let me think of, oh, let me just let me know. Um, challenges. Yeah, I think that we did. Everything, but let's can we, will you just talk a little bit more about like the why behind it? Just because I think that that's uh-huh. really I don't know something beautiful and special, and I don't know. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Like diversity for me is like super important. Like just as you know, being a black person and seeing like who's around us and like who gets power and who gets access, uh, and then like the what those sort of things signify, and so that's something that I find that's important to me is like what how I can change language mm-hmm. by like having a product that says Shukwanda on it that's in the category with other like specialty things so it gives value mm-hmm. instead of like neg- negative connotations about who Shukwanda is because most people that when they see that they don't know a Shukwanda and mm-hmm. so they default to something negative right and so or that word that name is only associated with negative things because that's what the universe and that's how some shit has happened. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of reclaiming that and then also providing space for queer people by showing these different kind of, especially fluid people who are gender fluid like myself and like having like this uh, representation on the shelf. So when you like look on the shelves, you see all these different brands and stuff and you know, it's, I would want someone that, can look on a shelf and be like, oh, this is something I can relate to. Yes. I mean, you don't have to relate to it to enjoy it, but I think equity or equality, like having that diversity, mm-hmm. it just makes people feel more included. And mm-hmm. I think we need more of that, especially right now. Totally. Like we need more of it. Totally. And I love that you, that you know that, um, about equity, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, somebody said to me once, like, you know, Elizabeth, I think if somebody gave you a million dollars, you just give it all away. I'm like, no, I'm not just give it all away. I love you guys, yeah. but I know that I'm useless without money. Yeah. Like, there's only so much that uh-huh. I can do uh-huh. without amassing a certain amount of money, yeah. right? And, yeah. like, that's the thing that everybody else knows. Yeah. You know, all the big guys on top, like, and they're watching us scramble yeah. here for pennies. But the truth is, like, that you're absolutely right. Like, money, equity, not even money, equity is power, and that's how you move 
anything yeah. in this country anyway yeah. and that's how you really make big change is just having a seat at the table literally mm-hmm. and um no, grabbing a seat at the table, being like mine. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> One last thing that I wanted to say, and it kind of has nothing to do with anything, but I was thinking about it when you're talking about um, showing up on the shelf as your true authentic self. Mm-hmm. The only other like character that I can really think of right now, a black woman character on mm-hmm. the shelf, is Aunt Jemima. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> see, that's yeah. Like, you know, and that's. I mean, Ben Ben Rice too is another one. That's, yeah, that's another there, there's one. These caricatures of like of an identity that these people existed or some form of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like our great grand great 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 grandmas, mm-hmm. our great or even grandmas, our totally. great you know, have lived these lives, and then corporations that monetize off of these ideals that are not inclusive mm-hmm. so totally. I mean I don't know the politics of, of that company so I can't really like Nor say that you know True. but it's just it's but it's a feeling yeah and that's kind of enough right mm-hmm. because I don't know nobody ever came forward and was like I'm not Jemima I love mm-hmm. you guys and they <laughs> said right? that they, they said that oh there was one and that they paid her or whatever and they right. did some research and it just seems a bit yeah a bit strange but yeah but they yeah. updated her look which I thought was really? also kind of Interesting, the choice. <laughs> I want to take a look at her. Would you she should, look like yeah. a brat doll? Huh? She looks like a brat doll now. No, no, she like went from being like, you know, a grandma from the turn of the century yeah, to like, so like, to like pearls, style. yeah, yeah. With like straight hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. And like, I'm not knocking on a relaxer or anything, but yeah. I was just like, and they got it. If they go, I mean, if they're going to use a black woman, they're going to have to at least kind of, yeah, come on. yeah give a little, a little fro or something. Oh, yeah, that's a little a texture. Way. Yeah. Right? She looking real comfortable for those white folks. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Just saying, not mm-hmm. saying, but just saying. So, that's but people like they. Some people like feel a certain way about my brand. Yeah, which yeah. people? Uh, like uh, some a handful of white people, and then like a couple black people. Because okay. you know when they see me, they I look racially ambiguous, right? And so, you know, they're like, "Are you black?" Right. Or, you know, like, I, I get it on my, like, Instagram and then on my, like, in my YouTube stuff. And yeah. then I just know not to, yeah. not to be upset because, you know, it's so fucked up because in our culture, we're just so used to being things taken away from us. Yes. And then yes. we reuse, resur- usurped and all that stuff. Yes. And so I'm just like, hey, you know, just go in, try to go in with love or with information instead mm-hmm. of coming out my face because... You know, I had to fight a lot as a kid when it came to, like, me being so light-skinned. <laughs> what are you talking to? <laughs> Imagine my surprise. Growing up in a town of 600, the only black family moving to New York and having black people be like, oh, but you're, like, mixed race, right? Like, what? <laughs> as far as I know, both my mom and my dad are black. As far as I know, my grandparents are both black. So, um, I got to admit, my daddy is white. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, and it's especially what you're saying. It's like just people always trying to take away from you, and then it's yeah. and when you're trying to claim ownership of yourself and your culture, having your own people come and try and take that away from you, it's really, really hurtful. It, it is hurt. Yeah. It does hurt. And then I try to think of why it hurts them. Mm-hmm. And so that part of like being nurturing is like very big for me, where it's like I, I'm entitled to feel hurt because it's a real feeling, and at the same time, it's important to 
know like why they feel a certain way to, to act like that mm-hmm. and so I think especially in the in our community we have to heal each other and like and I think one of the best ways is to be empathetic as much as we can yes 100% take the message of Andre's story and take it to heart. Now more than ever, we all need to believe in ourselves 100%, even if we don't know what the road ahead looks like, just like Andre. I really loved how Andre had so many interests and just let his curiosity lead him down different paths. For example, Captain Planet led him to learn more and focus on sustainability. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I love his approach to looking for college, like literally considered anything and everything. And he just didn't let people stand in his way. The school in Pennsylvania, the basketball team, he did not let those guys' assumptions of him discourage him at all. (laughs) And he kept it moving. His response to it was amazing. I mean, I was cracking up. Me too. Um, And I love that he just had these amazing role models in his life. His grandma, who sounded, I mean, just super cool and was cooking professionally. And he said it so casually. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, your grandma kind of sounds like a badass. Grandma sounded incredible. Uh, I love baddie grandmas. You, I think that we both know that by now. Oh my God. She, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved all of it. And, um, learned a couple things about Barbados. I didn't know anything about it really. So he schooled me on that. And I really liked that the one American food place they had was KFC. <laughs> so, uh, okay. I know that we're laughing and joking right now. Um, But I also know that some of you might be really scared right now or freaked out because your life is put on hold or maybe you just lost your job or maybe your job is in flux. But um, as our friend Sabine told Alex and I, we are nothing if not adaptable and we are going to figure this shit out. I mean, I remember what it was like to spend four years and a lot of money on a college degree only to come out into the real world with no job prospects, a ton of debt and a bleak looking world sort of like the world that we're looking at right now with the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah, and two years later, a couple of millennials made Instagram and the world changed. (laughs) So, you know, what I mean is that new industries rise up and new jobs are created and a future that we can't even imagine right now is being built. Totally. I feel like I can almost promise that, even though I'm unsure of it some days. For sure. Well... Here's something new for our future. We have a website now. So sitting around doing nothing isn't really my style. So one night when I was staying up late, I made a website. So you can visit us at www.truebeautybrooklynpodcast.com. And on it, you can find more information about Alex and I. And you can see all of our past episodes. You can see upcoming episodes. You can contact us directly on our contact page. Um, tell us your questions, comments, questions for our mini-sodes. We want to know about how quarantine life is for you. How's quarantine life for your beauty relationship, beauty routines, <laughs> and for your relationships? <laughs> your beauty relationships, yeah. What's your, what's your relationship like right now with your brows? Oh, Probably girl. Better. Every day I look in the brows in the mirror and I'm like, today's the day that these guys are going to get trimmed up, but still oh. here we are. Looking I know. pretty much the same. I know. <laughs> Interesting times. You can also email us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. Normally here we would say that you can come and see us at the studio, but the studio is closed until further notice. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, on a personal note, we miss you girls so much. And I personally cannot wait until the city that never sleeps wakes up from this COVID-19 nap. Absolutely. We hope to see you at the studio soon. But until then, check us out here or drop us a line. You can also DM us at Brooklyn on Instagram. If you'd like to purchase any of Shaquanda's hot pepper sauce flavors, there are four flavors in total now, you can visit Shaquanda Will Feed You. That's www.shaquandawillfeedyou.com. Or you can visit her at thehedonist.com. Um, check out their Instagram at Shaquanda Will Feed You. And that's it. Cool. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, guys. Stay inside. And we'll see you next week.